Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. On today's show, Batter Up, we're talking baseball with Ivy Envy's Corey Thinneran. All right, gals and pals, game on. It's time for the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help gals and their pals come together over sports. Don't hate the game, love the game, or at least find out why he loves it so much. Now your host, the sports gal pal herself, Ramona Rice. Hey, Gal Pal Nation. Thanks for joining us today on another episode of the Sports Gal Pal Podcast, where we help you find out why he's screaming at the TV during a game and he likes it. I'm your host, Ramona Rice. You can connect with me on Twitter at Sports Gal Pal, and make sure to check out SportsGalPal.com. So what did I learn this week? The importance of having a well-stocked bullpen in your own life. Baseball has some really interesting rules. And one of those rules is that when you substitute a player, you can't bring him back into the game. Unlike football, basketball, and hockey, where you're constantly rotating players, baseball doesn't do that. But there is something called the relief pitcher. And since the 1980s, their role in the success of a ball club has increasingly become important. In 1940, the average starting pitcher only pitched about seven innings per game. That's technically a full game. Today, that number is about six innings per game. And there are fewer and fewer games where a pitcher will play what is called a complete game, where he plays all the innings to win a game. With the rise of Tommy John surgery and the competitive advantage of having a good arm late in the game, it's really important to have for a ball club to have a well-stocked bullpen. The modern marriage is no different, and this past week, I seriously needed a relief pitcher of my own. I wasn't planning on doing a podcast six weeks ago, but I was planning on moving out of our house and renting it out. Moving is already stressful enough, but I had to get my into my new house, get it ready for myself and my family, and then get my old house ready for my tenant. Add to that, it's the end of school and the seemingly endless need for extra snacks and materials for projects, and then both kids. Tiny humans had field trips this week. My, my nine-to-five job is super busy right now. And, of course, I have this amazing, awesome podcast, which I love, but it does require prep and planning, producing. <laughs> I kind of love alliteration. With my regular wife and mom duties on top of that, I just became overwhelmed because I, I really want to have a complete game in life where I am always there for my family and my coworkers and you guys. But sometimes... You just run out of steam and your arm gets tired and the manager's just got to call up the bullpen. My husband and mom did that this week. And and they said, nope, you need a relief pitcher. We're so lucky, my husband and I, that we have all the grandparents and a good portion of our extended family really close living nearby. It's why we stayed in our area, even though we may have had career prospects in other areas of the country. We felt as a family it was so important to have the village around us, and it has proved time and time again that I love the fact that my mother-in-law, who is fabulous, you know, lives only 30 minutes away. My mom is just down the street. My dad is about three hours away charlottesville so we are so lucky to have the village for the tiny humans around us and you know 
they so they can help with things like the move and the tiny humans and when you suddenly get a brand new podcast. So this week, both my mom and my husband, they stepped up to the plate and my husband took over everything to do with our rental, freeing up time to rest after what was a busy week day at work to, you know, having time to record podcast episodes. My mom took over the errands and even washed the tiny humans clothes. Um, this gave me the opportunity to rest between the various games of my life. As women, we try to play what I call the complete game of life, like a perfect Pinterest account with wholesome homemade food, a great-looking house, perfectly coordinated clothes, and of course, our bodies need to look amazing. And we also need to be a combination of Julia Child, Martha Stewart, and, you know, pick whatever sexy celebrity your husband likes. We got to be all three of those things, all rolled into one. But in real life, women and men, parents in general, husbands and wives, sometimes we got to step out of the game. We got to step off the pitcher's mound. We got to let somebody else take control. And, you know, when we're always striving to play the complete game, it leaves us prone to injury and unavailable for the postseason. So I learned this week, it is okay for the manager to call in the relief pitcher. It does not make me less of an awesome pitcher in my own life. But you know what? Sometimes you need a closer to finish out the game. I am so excited to introduce our guest this week. Corey Finneran, the host of Ivy Envy podcast, is probably the nicest guy on the planet. Talk about needing a relief pitcher. He squeezed in this interview during a week where he and his family were planning on a trip to Podcast Midwest. He is the active host and producer of several podcasts, including Ivy and Me, which, we t- which we're going to talk about. And it's great to check out if you are a Cubs fan or no Cubs fans. Um, it is an excellent, excellent podcast. And he... Um, just gives great insights into not only the Cubs, but just the world of baseball and how you can introduce it to your family in surprising ways. All right, gals and pals, Corey Finneran is the founder of IVNV.com and the lead host of the IVNV podcast. He's been a Cubs fan since 1985. Corey has seen few highs and many lows from the boys in blue. But when he's not talking about Cubs in the Ivy Envy podcast, he's helping high school students with disabilities become successful in the world of work or he's taking care of the chickens. Corey is also the coach of the Knox County T-ball team with the most pitches per plate appearance. And, Corey, thank you so much for coming on to the Sports Gal Pal. Oh, thanks a lot for having me on. Now, um, again, you've been a Cubs fan since 1985. What started the love affair with the Cubs? Yeah, well, I'm from Illinois, so that, that I had that going for me, I guess. Um, and uh, my, my grandfather uh, was a, a lifelong Cubs fan. And um, I spent all of my summers uh, with him, uh, obviously, because my parents worked. And so um, he lived out in the country and had a lake. So basically, my summers were, were fishing and being outside. And then in the afternoon, we listened to and watched Cubs games. And so that's kind of where it started was um, right around the mid-80s when the Cubs looked like they were going to be, you know, the, all those young kids were coming up and they were going to be really exciting. And it was, it was great. And that's where uh, I kind of got hooked. Can you tell the listeners, because there are probably still a few that don't know, when was the last time you guys won a pennant? Uh, uh, well, the last time we won the World Series was 1908. Um, so, yes, there we are the, the team that's gone the longest in Major League Baseball without a World Series win. Uh, they did win the pennant in 1945, uh, which obviously was way before my time. So I have seen them in the playoffs um, a couple of times. Um, 89, 98, uh, 2007 and 2008. Um, and so it's, yeah, there hasn't been a lot of, uh, 
celebration going for Cubs fans over the last, what, 107 years? Yeah, it all involves – are you guys with the GOAT or is that the White Sox? I always get that one mixed up. No, no they're the, the cheaters. Yeah. You're the GOAT, yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, we want a World Series. At least we don't cheat it away, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, so if, so if you're not familiar with, with the, what happened with the White Sox, they, they were basically accused, um, I think it was 1918, of – of losing the World Series on purpose back back in those days, uh, weren't paid very well, and so they actually made uh, a lot more money, I think, than they would make in a normal season by throwing the World Series. And so uh, they have that. You know, it's all Chicago, I guess. They have that, and the Cubs have the curse of the goat, uh, which is this call it a fictional tale, or it it really did happen. I I don't believe in curses though. I believe in a very poorly run organization for decades at a time. That's what I blame uh, the World Series drought on. But supposedly, um, I don't know, uh, I, I don't remember if it was in 1945 or if it was in the 30s. They, uh, in, I think, I believe in 32, they played in the World Series. And a, a guy that always used to come to Wrigley Field uh, with his goat was denied entrance this particular time. And supposedly, uh, when he when he tried to bring his goat in to the ballpark he and, and, and was denied, he said, that he was cursing the Cubs and they would never win a World Series again. So that's kind of where the, the curse of the goat came from. Yeah, seriously, you guys should have just let the goat in. Just just let the goat well, in. They, I mean, They've tried all sorts of stuff. There's all sorts of uh, goat things. Uh, in 07 and 08, when the Cubs had a really good team and it looked promising, um, there was I, – I don't remember if it was the Harry Carey statue or something, but, like, on opening day, someone actually hung a dead goat on the statue, oh, some disgusting. sort of sacrifice. I don't know what. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that just sounds like desperation for for a World Series, I, you know. And and yeah. it's probably did it get worse when the White Sox got theirs? That that hurt. That that was not fun. Uh, that was not easy to take. Um, and then I think in in '08, the last time they went, uh, the Cubs actually hired a priest. I believe it was a priest to come out and like bless the dugout. And do this big thing. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really buy the curse thing. I like I said. I just uh, they they for years and years were not a, a well run organization, and I think that's much more to blame than uh, uh, somebody uh, that was not allowed in the ballpark with their goat. But it makes a great story, and that's why I think for women, particularly baseball, is a great sport to follow because baseball is full of these nuggets. Every team that has been around forever has these kind of weird, wacky stories. It really is a sport of wacky, if you really think about it. It is. It is. You're right. And and there's so much baseball um, on the surface. I think can be a very um, boring game. It's very slow. Um, if you watch it on TV, it's not particularly interesting. But you're right, there's so much hidden in the game. And, and it's kind of hard to find that stuff. A, a lot of it, you know, it kind of has to be pointed out to you. And that's where, you know, like for me, growing up with my grandfather, teaching me the game as we watched the games, you know, he, he explained everything that was going on and all that. And I think if you just, if you don't know much about baseball and you try to, try to watch it without having a lot of background or someone to kind of explain it. I think it can be tough. Yeah, it can be because, you know, baseball is really a game. You know, the true fans love the stats and, you know, I, I call them baseball nerds where they're talking RBIs and, and all these acronyms that, you know, even for myself and I follow baseball, you know, casually as a fan, but not as intently as you do. And sometimes I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, and I have to go back and look up what that is. I'm like, oh, that means this. So, you know, it can be really intimidating for somebody who's never had kind of that gateway, like you said, 
with a grandfather or even a dad or an uncle or whoever introducing them to the game. Right. And even now, I mean, even people that have followed baseball for a long time, baseball is really changing just over the last five, five or so years. I'm sure, you know, you've probably heard of the money or the movie Moneyball. And um, that was kind of about um, just finding these when, when, when general managers would go to assemble teams, they kind of found these like market inefficiencies, you would call them, I guess, you know, things um, would lead to wins that maybe other teams weren't noticing uh, aspects of a certain player's skills and things like that. But um, with between that and the, the technology that's available now, there are so many more stats. I mean, and, and it's, it's called a uh, saber metrics. And so it's just this really analytical, very, very, um, they just break down everything. And even now, um, starting this year, they're able to measure, uh, you know, they've always had radar guns to be able to tell how fast a pitcher is throwing. Well, now they have um, the ability to measure the speed that a ball is traveling off of the bat, the angle that it's taking. Um, and, and, I mean, they're doing all sorts of stuff with these stats. So um, I think even for people that have been time that might, might start hearing some of this new information, it can even be overwhelming for them. You're married and you have two daughters, correct? So you're outnumbered in your household. Yes, yes. You know, yeah, they- yeah. I've, I, my wife and, and two daughters and, and then me. Uh, however, I'm, I'm kind of lucky. My uh, oldest daughter, she's eight, and she loves baseball. Um, it, she doesn't care. She, she likes other sports okay, but um, she loves baseball. She loves watching, like, uh, women's uh, college softball and stuff like that. And so, so I do have kind of like my little tomboy to, to enjoy sports with. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, so that's something you guys are able to do together? Oh, yeah, yeah. She loves going to games. Um, even, you know, a lot of my friends will kind of hold off on taking their kids to major league baseball games until, you know, maybe they're like nine or 10 or something. But I took her to her first game. I think she was four or five and she sat through the entire thing, was interested in it. And so I, you know, I kind of consider myself lucky that, um, that she enjoys baseball as much as she does. Yeah. Not my tiny humans. No. Um, we've taken them, we've got the, um, the triple A affiliate for the Orioles in our hometown. And so we'll go to those games because, you know, and I, t- I tell listeners and people on my blog all the time, you know, if you don't want to pay for pro teams, because it can be very expensive to go to a major league game, you know, find the triple A affiliates because it's really affordable and it's a great family environment. The, the ballparks are smaller. You get to know the players really well. Um, and it's a really fun event. And I know that you support obviously the farm league system a lot. I, I've heard you on your podcast mention the Cub Farm League system, because it's important as baseball fans, you know, that's where our, our you know, the big teams get their players. They, they're getting them from this kind of like kind of minor league system that they've got. So, you know, but I've taken my children to the ballpark and we're lucky to get them through, you know, even seven inning to the seventh inning stretch before right. they're like, ah, and mine are slightly older than you. Mine are right about the same age as your daughters. So it just depends on the kid. Yeah. In minor league, Ball games are, are great. I mean, they're like five bucks to get in usually. You know, we have um, low A affiliates around us, and it's like, and I mean, usually if you want, you can get free tickets to get in. Um, but they really try to make those those uh, games real family friendly. There's a lot of um, entertainment going on in between innings and stuff like that. They also have like you know bouncy houses and and all sorts of stuff for the kids. They really kind of want it to be like a family environment. And those are great, too. We take our kids a lot of times to the ones where there's going to be fireworks after the game because then we know that they will want to stay for the whole game so I can enjoy the whole game. And 
then we stick around and watch the fireworks and stuff. But yeah, it's it's way cheaper to eat at minor league games and get in. It's 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 a really good deal. And, and you know, there a lot of times these are in smaller towns or you know um, they they can't charge the amounts that major league teams do, and so they try to do about anything they can. They do. Um, you know, special event nights and things like that. So um, I would strongly suggest, you know, if, if you haven't really been to a baseball game, minor league baseball games, that's that's the best place to start. You mentioned your oldest daughter is obviously into baseball. What about your wife? Um, you know, uh, not as much, but she, she is interested in it. She grew up in Southern California, and so she is uh, was kind of kind of grew up an Angels fan. She doesn't. She doesn't always sit and watch a game with me. She may sit there, and if I say, "Okay, something important's going to happen, you should start watching now," then she'll start watching. She'll she'll get excited about it. I I think part of what and she loves going to baseball games, um, and so she likes it. But I think what it is is that baseball is such a long season. It's 162 games, and I think that if you don't live and die on every pitch, you can't. It's it's just too long, and so you know I. We were married when the Cubs were in the playoffs for those two years in 07 and 08. She was very, you know, then she was living and dying with every pitch because every pitch mattered. And so I think that that she kind of has trouble with baseball just because it is such a long season. And in, in a lot of the time, especially, the Cubs have had a very bad stretch since that period where not only did the pitches, individual pitches not matter, but the games didn't really matter. And even some of these seasons didn't really matter. And so I think it's been harder for her uh, to, to do that, where um, I'm also um, a, a big Notre Dame football fan. She'll watch, beginning to end, a Notre Dame football game with me because there's only 12 of them in a season in every single game. If, if you lose one game, you're not going to play for the national championship probably. So um, I, I think that, that that's part of the reason that she isn't quite as – I guess nuts about the game of baseball as I am. Do you think baseball is going to have to address the long season? It, it does seem like it drags on, you know, and it doesn't seem like I really pay attention until it's playoff time, until it gets close to the wild card race, until it's playoff time. Yeah, I don't. I honestly don't think that it will. I think there's too much money to be lost if they. I believe the game. I believe the seasons used to be 154 games, and now it's 162. I, I don't know the numbers, but I, if you look at a full baseball stadium and how much the tickets are, and how much food they're selling, and how much beer they're selling, I have a hard time believing that owners are going to say, oh, why don't you take, you know, if they take away eight games, that's four home games. I don't, I don't, I can't see them giving up that much money. And I think that, what what difference would that make, really? It would just be probably like a week or a week and a half shorter. So I, I really think, I mean, that's, and then you get into all of the, like, cumulative records that, that, players have the home run record the rbi record stolen bases in a season all that kind of stuff those season records and then instantly you know you basically throw all those out the window because those eight games would make a huge difference or 10 games or whatever they decided to do so i i would be shocked if the season yeah i never thought about that way and again because we mentioned before that baseball you know true baseball fans it's all about the history of whatever team they're they're rooting for, and you're you're absolutely right. Um, real quick, because it just happened, and I don't know if you follow the Marlins at all, but um, the craziness of the GM becoming the what's up with that? I know that's not normally your wheelhouse, but I'm just like I, I'm kind of flabbergasted. Yeah, I I could not even begin 
to figure out whatever happens down there in Florida with the Marlins. <laughs> I just, I'm kind of like, it's one of those things where I'm like, why is there a team? Because everybody who's in Florida is pretty much a Yankees fan because they're all from like, or a boss or a Red Sox fan because they've all moved yeah. from the Northeast to the warm weather. So I, I don't, I don't personally get it, but I'm asking all my baseball people and they're, they're kind of like you going, I'm just glad it's not my team. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Know? So they, so they took the, the, um, the general manager came the manager, which is a very bizarre move. Um, I don't know if I've ever heard of that move happening. And then I'm pretty sure that like uh, that the head of scouting became a bench coach, which is also bizarre. But I don't like I said, it's it's Miami and it's how they run the Marlins. I mean, they they have traditionally been uh, the type of team that just very quickly starts from scratch. They'll put a bunch of money into the team, buy a whole bunch of free agents. We saw them do it just a couple of years ago when Ozzie Guillen was the manager. It doesn't work out as planned, and so they just sell off everyone, and then they are absolutely terrible. And they've done this over and over. But, yeah, I don't know. Look at look at that uh, the sculpture thing that they have in center field that does all sorts of goofy stuff when there's a home run hit. And, and when you see that, you'll know that you might as well not even waste your time trying to make sense of what the Marlins are. <laughs> yeah, no. And I think there's something nice about the Cubs because, you know, Wrigley Field is, it is a holy house of baseball because it's been there forever. <laughs> you know, it is, it, it's just, it's old and it's fantastic. And, you know, you guys could probably fill an entire brand new, you know, stadium. But I think seriously, Chicago would burn again if they ever decided to take down Wrigley. Yeah, and we're, we're Wrigley's going through a lot of renovations right now. They just started in this off season. Um, in fact, they just opened. We're what a month, a month and a half into the season. They just opened this last week the left field and center field bleachers um, because they're redoing all of the bleacher areas and everything. Uh, they're putting up, you know, big scoreboards and jumbotrons and all this kind of stuff. And that's there's a lot of turmoil with Cubs fans just with making that move because it is such a such an old and historic and traditional ballpark. They actually to, to be able for the city to let them do that stuff and it's it's there the Cubs are paying for it on their own. You know, a lot of organizations, sporting teams will will use taxpayer money for that type of stuff. And and this is fully self funded by the Cubs, but uh, they for for the city to allow them to do it, they actually threatened to leave Wrigley Field and build a new ballpark in the suburbs. And uh, that was about the most hollow threat they could ever make because you knew they weren't going to do it. But but really, they just realized, and if you've ever been to Wrigley Field, you'll know that it is an awesome ballpark. It's beautiful. The neighborhood is awesome. But that it that building has been neglected for many years. And if you sit... Uh, on the lower deck, you know, with the upper deck over you, there's actually nets everywhere to catch chunks of falling concrete. I mean, it just and and what the Cubs said was for this to be here for generations to come, we need to be able to fix. We need to fix it. We need to, you know, upgrade it and kind of bringing it bring it into uh, newer ballparks are and everything. Well, just so chunks. Yeah, it's bad enough you got flying baseballs, let alone chunks of concrete. We yeah, want yeah. that. So, so for my gal pals who are listening, who are going great, this is awesome about history. But how do I talk to my guy about baseball? What are some of the key metrics that you know a non-baseball fan really, if you want to start really paying attention to the game, what are some of the key things you kind of should pay attention to? Well, you know, I think that it's easy to get overwhelmed by a particular sport when you first get into it. So my advice would be to to not really get bogged down in all of the details. If baseball is foreign to you and you don't get it, you know, my suggestion would be to, to number one, figure it out 
figure out what it is about the sport that people fall in love with. And then number two, figure out what aspects of the sport you enjoy the most. So, you know, for example, like we were saying earlier, if you're, if you watch baseball on TV, it just doesn't make any sense. It's a slow game. It's kind of boring. It's long. Then go to a minor league baseball game and just kind of like take in the atmosphere, the, the, the sounds, the smells. Um, Cause if you've ever been to a baseball game, it has a distinct smell. Um, and, and, and yeah, it's like five bucks to get into a minor league baseball game. So that, that would be, you know, first thing. And then I, you know, maybe the next time you go to a game, just watch the players, watch the things that you can't see on TV, um, watch the pitcher the whole time, but maybe watch what the fielders are doing and how they communicate with each other and don't really worry about what they're communicating about. Just kind of get a sense of just the vibe of the, of the game. And another thing I, I think is just ask questions. You know, if you have a husband or a partner or a friend that's into sports, you know, as people that interact with other people, we communicate about all sorts of stressful things all day at, at work and at home. And, you know, I love to have the conversations with my wife about, oh, why do you need to tag up on a pop fly? Or why does a player do something a certain way? And, and that's a really fun conversation. And sports, they're supposed to be fun. It's its a its a stress relief. That's what they're there for. Um, and, and I can watch a baseball game, forget about all the things in life that stress me out. And if it's just going to a game because you like the sounds and the smells and the food and adult beverages, whatever it is, it, whatever it is, that, that, that would be my suggestion is just find what you like about it and, and enjoy those things. And then as you do that, I think things will start making more sense. You'll start picking up a little bit more and then, um, and then you'll, you know, really kind of probably over time get a better sense of, of the sport and, and everything like that. That's terrific. Corey, if the women want to follow you on Twitter, listen to this. I'm sending women to you. I hope your wife doesn't mind. Um, if they want to follow you on Twitter. Or they never want to believe me that it happened. <laughs> no, we're going to measure. After June 1st, this episode airs, we're going to measure the analytics and see how many female people, all five of us who listen to this show, will go to IBNC and go, yes, we're ready. I'll cheer for the Cubbies. Go. go. Um, yeah. where, where, where can they connect with you? Yeah, so we're on Twitter. Um, it's at Ivy Envy. The website is IvyEnvy.com. So it's Ivy, uh, like I-V-Y-E-N-V-Y. And uh, Ivy uh, is um, growing on the walls in Wrigley Field. And so that's where that comes from. Uh, we have Facebook. If you go to IvyEnvy.com slash Facebook, uh, we're on Instagram at Ivy Podcast. Um, we're kind of all over the place, and we just – uh, love to talk baseball and love to, to talk about the Cubs. And we have, during the season, we have twice a week on Wednesday nights and Sunday nights they're posted. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, we have a lot of fun. And um, I would encourage anybody that, that maybe in the past has not understood baseball or hasn't enjoyed it, you know, to really give it a chance. And, and uh, I, th- I think you'll like it. There you have it. So Corey Fitter and from Ivy Indy, thanks so much for spending some time with us today. Yeah, thank you very much. I've had a lot of fun. And all the links to Ivy Indy and also Corey will be in my show notes at sportsgalpal.com. And again, also in the show notes on blogtalkradio backslash sportsgalpal.com.
Thanks so much to Corey Fennerin for coming onto the show. He just had, it was just a fantastic interview. And he was really fun and very charming and very patient with this new podcaster. I really appreciate it. So now on to our question of the week. And our question of the week comes from Mindy from Texas. And she writes, hey, Ramona, I just started seeing this guy who happens to be a huge Texas Rangers fan. And he keeps mentioning that he wants to take me to a game as a date. The problem is, is that I don't know what to wear because it's still a date. And I want to be super cute, but I don't want to overdress. So what do you suggest that I wear to a baseball game that's also a date? Uh, Mindy, this is a great question. And a lot of us have faced this in real life because, you know, going to a sporting event is actually a great date option because unlike a movie, you can actually still talk to the guy or the people you're with um, without bothering people too, too much. So it's it's a great, you know, way to interact and still have fun. And I think it's a good sign for you that he wants to take you to one of his favorite things. So what I would suggest is always you can't go wrong with a great pair of jeans, um, you know, and I would look at getting a ranger shirt the major league baseball women's store is actually really well organized where you can just click on the um team you want and you can see all the different shirt styles and they have sizes from zero all the way to plus size i have the link to that store in my show notes for this episode on sportsgalpal.com if you don't want to go with the team shirt you just want to make sure you're wearing a shirt that doesn't have the colors of the team the rangers are playing against because if you do it, it's basically like you're saying making a statement saying i'm supporting that team and you got to get funny looks and you don't want funny looks. So just avoid that if all possible. And then finally, the best tip, closed-toed flat shoes is a must because stadium floors can get really gross. The bathrooms can be questionable. Um, you know, there's beer and cotton candy and peanut shells. And eventually you're going to have to climb upstairs or downstairs depending on where the, the seats are. So just to avoid any kind of malfunctions because I know I'm super clumsy just just close to shoes are great and you'll look cute and adorable so the biggest thing is just to remember to have fun and say go Rangers so if you've got a question for the sports gal pal make sure you submit them to me at Ramona at sportsgalpal.com and I will hopefully read your question on the air and answer it I want to thank all y'all for joining me today. And again, thanks to Corey Finneran for joining us. Remember, 
Don't hate the game. Just try to understand why he loves it so much. If you love the Sports Gal Pal, make sure you subscribe and leave a review because it helps other people discover the podcast. To keep up with all things Gal Pal Nation, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Sports Gal Pal or you can like the Sports Gal Pal Facebook page. Thanks for listening to the Sports Gal Pal Podcast. And be sure to check out sportsgalpal.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.